This episode of Couch Communion is dedicated to everyone who's been brave enough to educate themselves as an adult about the things they never learned as a kid. Not all of us are lucky enough to have access to a good education, and it can make you feel behind in life. But it takes a lot of strength to step out of everything that you know, all the things you were taught, and make an effort to learn about the world around you. You're doing great. Also, a small content warning for this episode. We are going to be talking about spiritual and sexual abuse, and around the 50-minute mark, we talk briefly about some sexual acts. Just a fair warning in case you're listening without headphones, you know. everyone hey i'm sarah i'm jordan and this is cult communion it's another <laughs> cult episode cult the- communion. <laughs> not brought to you by muppets so i can no. guarantee <laughs> i can't do it as well anymore <laughs> um exciting i'm so thrilled to be doing another cult communion even though this is not one that i knew about um for most of my life but it's been I don't know if fun's the right word. It's been interesting learning about it. Um, learning new things can be fun. We can call it fun, you know. Uh, lifelong it's learning. Been, it's been uh, engaging. It's, I don't know, Enlightening. Fun. It's been fun. <laughs> what cult are we talking about today, Sarah? I'm so glad you asked. We, <laughs> so our past two episodes have been about Christian homeschooling. Yes, Yes. Um, we had a great I time recording those. We had a great time discussing <laughs> homeschool groups like uh, ACE, Accelerated Christian Academy. We talked about Abeka. We talked about BJU. Yeah. Um, Bob I, Jones. I take back what I said. I legitimately do remember yes, recording yes. this because we did talk about some surprising things that were not bad about yeah, not, some of the models. Yes. So. Um, some good, some bad. Uh, I especially especially appreciated i think i probably cut it out of the episode i'm not sure i don't remember but there's a part in the ace video where they make a hard cut to that black and white like public school (laughs) montage of like why public school is scary um i i fear not have videos today as well i know you were worried about that i know you were thinking i hope sarah has videos to show me i do Yes, so we will be talking today about two things. Now, this is a lot of information surrounding this. I have pared this down as much as possible to just keep it to one episode that is not five hours long. So (laughs) if anyone listening is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe Sarah didn't talk about this. I know. I know. I know I didn't. I didn't want to. I couldn't. Take your battles, people. (laughs) Yeah, I tried to make this as concise as possible. But the reason that there's so much is that we're talking about ATI, which is the Advanced Training Institute. It is a part of the IP, no, IBLP. I'm going to say it wrong like 20 times, but the Institute for Basic Life Principles, which is a organization that was started by a man named Bill Gothard. 
And it's just, it's a lot. The other reason there's a lot of information, and I'm not going to touch on this at all, but I feel like it should at least be said, the Duggars are a part of this group. So, with all the stuff around Josh Duggar, there's been so, so much. That oriented me right exactly to where we are. Exactly. of TikTok and other things, mm-hmm. but yes, yes. Yes, so Quiverful. So I, They're not as specifically Quiverful. Um, I think they're maybe like a Baptist associated, of course. Um, I say that as a Baptist yeah. <laughs> raised person. Um, so I will be talking about both the IBLP and ATI and how they go together. Can't talk about one without the other. Um And I'm excited. I hope it's good. I hope I uh, have made this understandable. (laughs) Uh, I also, right off the bat, uh, I want to give credit to um, someone on TikTok, as usual, was really the reason that I even learned about this in the first place. Um, Heather Heath, who on TikTok is at Backslidden Harlot. I think we've talked about her before. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Um, She's great. She has a book. Um, she talks a lot about her time in ATI, but the first TikTok I ever saw of hers was her looking at training videos that her parents still had from ATI. And I was like, what the heck is this? This is bizarre. And then now we've gone down this whole rabbit hole of what it is. So thank you to Heather. Um, and there are also a few podcasts that I got a lot of good information from. One of them is, um, Umbrella Rebellion. And Marcy, and um, they specifically talk about their experiences in the IBLP, how they got out, uh, leaving Eden, which is a good podcast. I think they talk about a lot of religious groups and cults, uh, but they did a few episodes that I listened to. The Modesty Files also did one that is an interview with someone who was in ATI and the IBLP, and then the last one is uh, Preacher Boys. They had like a whole hour and a half that I listened to. So if you want a more in-depth version (laughs) of what we have here, I would say peruse all of that. (sighs) Excuse me. Okay. So we will start by talking about Bill Gothard himself, who in my notes, I wrote a.k.a. Your weird uncle who always wants a hug that lasts a little too long. Oh, no. And unfortunately, that is upsettingly accurate as we learn more about Bill Gothard. So, um, William W. Gothard Jr. (laughs) William. Uh, So, he he was born in 1934, which means that he is currently 87 years old. He's an old man. He's an old dude. Uh, He... So, he had several different organizations, or maybe it was the same organization that just, like, changed names several times. So, it started, and this is of his own words and his own biography on the IBLP website. Oh, dear. When he was 15 years old, he saw the sinful things that his classmates were doing. You know, he saw them struggling with their sin and he decided then and there that he wanted to help young people to learn good biblical principles of how to live life, which tells me that this kid was a freaking dweeb. I know he was. 
a 15 year old Billy oh, Gothard going around being like, you guys, <laughs> you guys shouldn't be smoking cigarettes. That's really bad for you. Jesus doesn't want you to do that. You guys, you're you're showing way too much skin. Jesus doesn't want you to do that. I'm going to create a whole seminar that's going to teach you how to live better. Like, come on. Listen, was he a dweeb? Probably so. Were we a little bit of dweebs? Oh, yes. At that age? Absolutely. For sure. The, yes, this is not a uh, not a hypocritical thing. I <laughs> I too judged my peers. <laughs> and now we judge ourselves. And now I judge myself. So, um, <laughs> you learn and you grow. That's the key. Bill Gothard never learned and he never grew. So. <laughs> he never learned. <laughs> and he never grew. <laughs> so. <He> never forgot. <laughs> exactly. Um, so his whole thing, obviously very fundamental, very conservative, uh, is very much about uh, memorizing the Bible, people having large families, there's no, you know, God will give you as many kids as you are supposed to have, um, homeschooling, because we can't let kids be out in the demonic public world, public school Well, they're going to be indoctrinated by the liberal propaganda. Exactly. The liberal media propaganda is going to indoctrinate them to be gay and have abortions, so we cannot have that. That's um, that. Is the leftist <laughs> agenda. Right yes. There. That's my agenda. I don't know about you, but... Be gay, have abortions. <laughs> the left. Be gay, do crime. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yes, also um, staying out of debt. He had a lot of, like, money management uh, seminars. Because being poor is um, a sin. I don't know if you know this. Well, you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, if you're poor, it's your fault. Sorry I said that full on with cake in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Couple weeks and I've forgotten completely how to podcast. That's okay. So, um... He emphasized a major respect for authority, um, dressing conservatively, and just really in general. Basically, if you think about the most fundamental long jean skirt, um, long hair is a thing. He's one of those, like, don't cut your hair because it's your, uh, like, strength or beauty, whatever, people. Is he also one of the only wear your hair down if you have, what was it? That, so our friend is a teacher, and she will remain nameless, uh-huh. and she knew another teacher who will remain nameless, who only wore her hair down on mornings when oh. she and her husband... Oh, only on mornings when she had submitted to her husband. That that's was what, it. That's what she said. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't... I Probably, honestly, if I'm being honest. That is the wildest... I don't... Ugh, I okay. forgot about that, and I'm... I think I blocked it out. I think I, um... Pushed that memory I'm, way down. <laughs> I am, like, all for women, like, using their hair as their power, and, like... Yeah. Um, you know, plenty of Jewish women wear wigs to cover mm-hmm. their hair, mm-hmm. or, you know, plenty of, of, um... Muslim women cover their hair or cover the, you know, cover their bodies, cover mm-hmm. whatever. I am all for women doing that to empower themselves. It's when a man dictates it that's, that I'm just like, Ugh. and that's going to be a running theme. A lot of the stuff that I talk about that Bill Gothard preaches about and teaches about, they're not inherently bad things. It's just the fact that you don't it's have a control a mechanism. It's a control mm-hmm. 
factor. If you want to wear long skirts, by all means, go for it. Absolutely. You rock those long skirts. If that's how you feel best about yourself. It's just being told that like, if you wear a short skirt, God's going to punish you. That's the problem, you know? Um, which is very, that's what this is. That's all this is. And I would even say, if you want to wear, if whatever you want to wear, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to like present yourself, Mm -hmm. if your perspective is, I want to do this as a devotion to God. Yeah. Or I want to do this because I feel that God sees it this way or that way. Cool, man. Sure. Absolutely. It's when you're telling other people to do things a certain way. Yes. Or making them feel uh, like they are spiritually in danger if they don't yes. do what you do. Yes. So, um, so this all, this uh, IBLP, it started as, uh, in 1961, it was called Campus Teams, which then became Basic Youth Conflicts in the 70s and then in 89 it was renamed as the iblp which gothard was the president of until 2014 uh when there were some uh, now don't be shocked there were some things (laughs) don't be shocked when i say this he was uh there were some sexual misconduct allegations i know that never happens this is my shocked face that never happens in the Christian community, especially in fundamental churches. It's so rare, but in this case, it did in fact happen. Uh, And we can kind of circle back to that. I didn't do a whole lot of research about that. Again, that's not really what this episode's about. Um, I do know that uh, that was... So, 2014, uh, several alleged victims came forward and... In 2016, they tried to sue Bill Gothard and the IBLP, uh, but it was eventually dismissed because of the statute of limitations, which, side note, I'm, I think the statute of limitations should be done away with. It's for a lot of crimes. <laughs> it seems really dumb that you can, like, rape someone, and then as long as you aren't caught within five years, like, you get away with it? What? What? I don't I I I kind of see it in the way of like you are innocent of a crime. Mhm. And they couldn't pin charges on you within the statute of limitations and so like you're not beholden to mm-hmm. false charge like in that case like yeah, sure. But like there's no way to deter- there's no way to determine that. So like it doesn't make sense to me either. But I think I think in general, if our justice system really operated as innocent until proven guilty, then we wouldn't need that right um, that distinction. Right, I don't know. and I, don't I think really you know, know what I'm trying to say here, but I well, agree with you. Thank you, and I think you know it depends on the crime too. Murder, there is no statute of limitations. Obviously, um, I think there are just some other crimes that we should add add to that no statute. But that's a that's yeah. another topic for another day. So. Um, so, the uh, IBLP, when, uh, at least when I was looking into this, the one thing that I recognized, and you might also recognize it, is the um, umbrella visual, where um, I can actually maybe send it in the chat. Okay, it's this right here, this umbrella. Ah. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh 
My goodness, that graphic just opened a door into my memory mm-hmm. that I forgot existed. I, um, <laughs> I'm messing up my notes, but I'm going to make it a little bigger. Um, I recognize that graphic like from church. Yeah, right? Okay, so also usually uh, for the listeners, the one we're looking at has three umbrellas of Christ, the husband, and the wife. There's also some that have like the church in between Christ, Christ. and the husband. Mm-hmm. Um so, but basically, it's three umbrellas, and the idea is that Christ is the first umbrella, and everything else is under the umbrella protection of Christ, and then it's the church, usually. So, everyone is under the protection of the church, then the husband, who protects the family and provides for the family, and then the wife, under the protection of all those people, and they uh, are over the children, and they manage the home. That's kind of it. It's just a, I mean, it's the concept. We all know the concept of uh, the patriarchy. And uh, I have so many feelings based on my readings, my recent readings. <laughs> exactly. That's so, so It's going to get worse. Um, okay. So that's the, that's the umbrella. Um, and that's very popular. And that pretty much sums up how they feel about relationships about marriages, about everything, is that uh, Jesus is at the top. And really, you could probably add another umbrella in there between Christ and the church, which is just Bill Gothard, <laughs> because he uh, thinks that he's in charge of everything. And he kind of is to the people that follow him. So, on to um, the... Yeah, I don't... Um, I... <laughs> I'm having a lot of feels, and we're going to talk about this in future episodes too, but I have a lot of feels about complementarianism and a woman's role and a man's role and all that stuff right now, gender roles in general, mainly because like, I've, because I've been reading this book, but also I just, I don't, I don't know. I have so many feels because like, I feel like if that's how, like, if you want to run your family that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's fine. Like you, if you want to like divide up your, your household in this fashion mm-hmm. of like, you handle all of this stuff. I handle this stuff. This is, these are our roles in our family. Like that's one thing. And that, I think that's fine. Cause like I have, there's stuff in, in our family that I do that Mark doesn't do mainly because like I'm better at some things and he's yeah. better at some things. But like there isn't any one thing that, we won't both do like if we need to mm-hmm. and so I, it's it comes back again to the mandating of like, exactly this is the box you have to be in right and um because of because thank you hero my dog is sneeze <laughs> um he agrees with you that's this him is saying the box you have to yeah yeah this is the box you have to be in because of how you were born exactly exactly and, and I, do, I don't know that that's the nature of God that I know, you know? Yes. It's the same because, uh, problem. It, everything about God that I know is transformative. It's the same problem as the, for me, the, like, women being able to preach. It makes no sense to me that Jesus would create a whole other gender of people who, you know, in this, in a gender binary situation, 50% of the population who are unequipped to preach like what do you mean as far as like um like if the goal if 
So let's say that your that your perspective on salvation is, uh, or your perspective on belief is that the reason why you believe is to be saved from heaven or hell, and that the the highest thing that you can do is to bring more people to salvation so that they don't go to hell. You're really you're really shooting yourself in the foot <laughs> if half of the people right. in your congregations are not able to bring more people. Yeah. into the fold well and the like, sad thing i mean like is, you're really just kneecapping yourselves the sad thing is that probably a lot of them would say that like if women tried to evangelize to people and preach to people they would do it wrong because our silly little lady brains can't um understand the concept hear my eyes <laughs> our silly lady brains cannot effectively communicate the saving grace of jesus christ uh, we are too because simple. There are absolutely no passages in the Bible that relate Christ to a mother. No, to a and and or to you know, yeah. Whatever. And Mary Magdalene absolutely never was a preacher. She didn't tell the good news of Christ first. Yeah. Um, there um, were also there was never ever a woman who was given the high, high, incredibly high honor of anointing Christ with oil. Exactly. Uh, there definitely wasn't a, a woman deacon in one of the churches that Paul wrote a letter to. There, there definitely wasn't several women deacon and several women apostles. Yes. Anyway, that's... <laughs> we're getting off track, but... Um, I'm just... I'm so deep into this book. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's all coming out. But anyway. Yeah. yeah um, I don't <laughs> I don't know why I was doing that. It just made me think of the TikTok. I know how you girls like to tussle. <laughs> Don't fight me on this because I know how you girls like to tussle. Um, Okay, so uh, the basis of the IBLP. So when Bill Gothard was looking at his classmates and being like, they're not doing life right. He came up with this seven life principles that basically teach his conservative values. Um, And there these seven principles Uh, I will go through them quickly. Most of them are pretty self-explanatory, but here's kind of the basic thing. So, uh, design, which is that people should understand the specific purpose for which God created them. Authority, the inward peace that results when people respect and honor the authorities, parents, government, etc., that God has put into their lives. Um, So, based on the idea that God gives direction, protection, and provision through human authorities which is the umbrella thing when i said like under the protection of blah 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 that's how Mm -hmm. they think of it you're under the protection of your authority okay um responsibility um a clear conscience results when people realize that they are responsible to god for every thought word action and motive and part of the principle of asking forgiveness um or part of this principle is asking forgiveness from whoever has been offended which isn't, again, if you've offended someone, probably terrible. it's nice to apologize to them. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I feel like... Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing like to do. Well, I feel like we're asked to do that. Yeah. Um, the suffering principle, people should allow the hurts from offenders to reveal blind spots in their own lives. Genuine joy is a result of fully forgiving offenders, which is a convenient philosophy to teach when you are a sexual predator... And everyone yeah. needs to forgive you for it. Yeah. And like anyway. we said before, just because I forgive you for it doesn't mean you didn't break the law. Exactly. Mean you didn't do a bad thing. Doesn't yes. mean the consequences go away. Exactly. 
Um, the ownership principle, which is not as bad as it sounds, but people are stewards, not owners of their possessions. Um, anger results from not yielding your personal that, rights to God. That sounds culty right there. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't actually own any of these things. God right, right. Which stewardship in and of itself, I think, is great. We should no, be yeah. thankful for and what I, we have. There is an element of, like, I have these things because, you know, I've been blessed and whatever. Right. But, but like <laughs> the way that sounds sounds like culty church is gonna come and seize all your stuff. exactly you can't ever feel proud of anything you've ever done because you didn't really do it god gave that's it that's not to your you. money that's the church's money. that's the church's money <laughs> exactly um the freedom principle enjoying the desire and the power to do what is right uh moral purity results from true freedom and that is and that the key to freedom is learning to walk with the spirit of god and appropriate the victory already won by Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection. I actually vibe with that. Yeah, that's fine. In a way. Like, if you're thinking about salvation as less of a get-out-of-hell-free card and mm-hmm. more of a um, allowing to live our lives in the truth of Christ. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I vibe with that general notion. Same, same. Yeah. Um, and then the success principle, this is the last one, when people learn to think God's thoughts by meditating on and memorizing scripture, they make wise decisions and fulfill their life's purpose. Sure. It's good to, to memorize scripture. It's good. It's to good be to know scripture. It is, I don't, I wouldn't go as far to say that memorizing the letters is like <laughs> well is knowing god's thoughts well and again similar to especially in the niv or the kjv like you're looking at you're looking at some very filtered thoughts yeah and similar to other homeschool uh, curricula that we looked at last time they're very big on the bible is literal yeah and applicable to Every and any and all situations it's the only book you need. that you could ever, ever face. Uh, and that especially comes to light in the actual ATI, like homeschooling practicum. Um, I have an example of one such uh, workbook that we'll go through and you'll see how literally that you don't learn it unless it's in the Bible. And even if you think you're learning science, it's not science. You're learning about the Bible. So just keep that in mind for that. So that's basically the seven, uh, seven basics. And the good news seven, is... The seven deadly sins of the curriculum. <laughs> exactly. Seven was an interesting number for him to pick for that. And well, I mean, it's a perfect number, right? It is perfect. So I know that you're probably thinking to yourself... Self? <laughs> self. If only there was a way to get all of this information for free uh if only all of this knowledge of this of these seminars was available for free on the internet and i have good news which is that it is you can listen to all 19 parts of bill gothard's basic seminar from the iblp website which i am now pulling up because we're going to talk about this website for a moment i love it it. (laughs) um so uh the yeah they have a page that is so the basic seminar. There's also the advanced seminar, which I don't really know the difference. Um, it's the premium version. It's 2.0, and oh, I guess you're delving deeper into the that seven one basic in, principles. That one has in-app purchases. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, you pay a little extra to get rid of the ads. 
So, um, let's see. I didn't actually look at. I looked at the basic seminar. Let's see what's in the advanced. Uh, oh, starting right off with humanism, um, spiritual gifts, music evaluation. I'm guessing they don't really have a lot of a very high opinion of humanism. I would assume probably not. The six purposes of marriage, the spirit of a marriage. You and Mark could sit down and watch some of these, probably learn oh, something. Goodness. <laughs> um, uh-uh, wait. Birth order tendencies is also in the advanced Excuse seminar. Me? So, um, yeah. So if any of you are ever curious, their website has a ton of stuff. They also um, have a section that let me find it here again um you can go to their store and they have discipleship tools life questions is one of the options on the website and this is just a collection of it's like um yahoo answers mm-hmm. or uh quora but done by the iblb so and you can select from all types of topics commands of christ character qualities um basic life principles so let's Wait, see what's the name of the of the site um it's iblp.org okay slash questions if you want to come to the life yeah. questions page go ahead uh so let's pick a topic let's look at family um how can i overcome barriers between myself and my child How do the sins of my forefathers affect my life? How can a wife help preserve her marriage? That's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Let's let's go right into that. Okay, well, first of all, I can tell you, uh, one, Jordan, you need to respect your husband. Uh, The specific roles of husbands and wives are defined in Scripture. Let every one of you, in particular, so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she has reverence for her husband, I think is what that should say. Um, A wife who respects her husband's leadership and submits to him greatly strengthens the marriage relationship. So you need to praise your husband. Tell him when he does good things. Trust God to provide. Support your husband's ideas. And respond to your husband's physical affection. It had to be there. I know, I know, I know, I know. There's no such thing as marital rape in the IBLP. Uh, Sorry if that's too... I need to remember to put a trigger warning on this one. Um, Also, you need to accept your husband as your spiritual leader. Express gratefulness to him for this. Encourage each step that your husband takes. Communicate your confidence in him. Look for and admire your husband's excellent qualities. I could go on and on, but you're getting the idea of... uh, Oh, oh, scroll to number four. Oh, good. Develop inward and outward beauty. Concentrate on godly character. Maintain personal neatness in your appearance. Wear your clothes and hair in a way that honors your husband's preferences. As an mm. expression of how important your husband is to you, oh you do your best to look nice when he comes home from work. Draw attention to your countenance. Learn which colors complement your skin tones. Concentrate on these colors when selecting your wardrobe. Put a sincerely happy, joyful expression on your face and use your clothes and accessories to draw attention to it. Manage your weight. I was just on about the to basis say. <laughs> of five. I hadn't read ahead. Scriptural <laughs> truth. I was waiting for you to see it. Your body is made in the image of God, as it is made, as it is, as it 
Oh my gosh. Uh, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Again, as it is. A- yeah. As is. S- yeah. Sight unseen. Sail as is. <laughs> your body is a member of the body of Christ. Again, the members of your body become instruments of righteousness by yielding them to God. And you can claim the victory over the lusts of the flesh that Christ has already won. I mean, Jordan, and you know this. I, I you know, both of us, I would say, are not skinny. Not to put words in your mouth, but I would say I, not the skinniest. As Jack Black once said in the um, seminal film School of Rock, I like food. Is that such a crime? <laughs> Is it a crime? Um, and also, like, genetically, yes. legitimately, hormonally, right. I am not prescribed skinny. No, like, that is my not body happen. is not going to be a twig. It never has been. It never will be. But I come from childbearing stock. <laughs> my peasant and ancestors. I can sure. crush s- some fruits between yeah. these thighs. That's right. Unfortunately for us, though, the Holy Spirit will not dwell in our <laughs> fat temples. <laughs> He doesn't like it. <laughs> our temples our are too big. Temples. Our temples are too big and saggy for the Holy Spirit. I'm calling it now. We need to come up with some kind of sticker design. Yeah. That's like, Holy Spirit, come into this fat temple. Like, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17 is the reference they have here. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, that's not right. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 17. I was about to freak out because <laughs> chapter 13 doesn't have 16 verses. Uh-oh. I was going to be like, wrong, wrong. Uh, 3, 1 Corinthians 3. Do you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Also, just to do an overview real fast to, on the answers to this question, mm-hmm. um, express genuine gratefulness to your husband, accept your husband's efforts to protect you, respect your husband's need for time alone with God. Uh, and then there's a personal application. But all of those sound like things that you could construe in a healthy way sure. and then they end up being terrible. <laughs> so Learn to be content is in bold and I'm just like... But I know what you think. Yeah. Uh, There's also a YouTuber. The name of her channel is Dine in Psychology. And she did like three different parts of, at least, of the IBLP. And I remember one of the things she went through was like uh, a how wives should act for their husbands. Or no, actually, no, I lied. It was for men. (laughs) It was a guide for men on how to be a good husband and one of them was like allow your wife access to you access to like call you even if you're at work or something i'm like allow what allow either you that's work just... at a place where you can't have a phone on and that's fine maybe you work at yeah, like I mean, a factory, that whatever but you mean to tell me that there's a man in this country that would be like um don't call me at work how i'm busy that's how you know someone's having an affair when they won't let you call them (laughs) 
That's the thing is like that's just common courtesy. Like yeah. if I am your life partner, right? If I am the person who you come home to, um, or that we meet together at home in the evenings because we both work. Yes. Um, like you better you you better believe I expect that you're gonna at least like answer in some way, shape, or form. It doesn't have to be immediately. No. Doesn't have to be you pick up every single phone call. No. no. Just just that like you acknowledge, like I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to talk to you, man. We made a commitment <laughs> to each other. Like any partner in yeah. any relationship should be willing to communicate yeah. no matter what. And it's just I mean, weird. I mean, all of the all of the stuff is very much like allow your wife. You are the leader of this family. And because it's that very complementarianism of like Wives submit to your husbands, but husbands also submit to you by allowing you to communicate or allowing the them to permission. communicate with you. You have it's to the have permission, permission yeah. for everything. And and Mark and I have talked about this a lot. That sometimes um, he'll say say things that like um, that he's not he's not trying to give me permission to do something, mm-hmm. but he'll just say, "Hey, if you want to, you can go ahead and do that." And he means it genuinely as like, yeah. "You're cool. Do what you want to do." Like. But the way that he phrases it, I'm always like, look, I don't need permission to do this thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but, like, I mean, like, but it is, like, a, it is a pervasive yeah. trope in these communities that's, like, women have to have permission to do everything. Right, right. Well, I want to segue into uh, this last point on the IBLP, and then we will take a break and go on to the actual ATI homeschooling, yeah. what this is all supposed to be about, but... I just had to talk about in my perusal of the IBLP website, I found an opportunity for us. So there is a, um, what would I even call this? A oh program, a seminar, a uh, retreat, perhaps, called Excel. And it is for young ladies who want to pursue biblical womanhood with excellence and grace. So, um, at this program, expect a broad variety of topics that all bring us towards one goal, growing in grace and reclaiming true beauty. As we pursue Christ, we'll emphasize discipleship and spiritual disciplines. As we pursue fruitful service, we'll enjoy training in dozens of skills, from essay writing and budgeting to sewing, hospitality, basic first aid, and everything in between. And don't worry, there is a sample curricula that I am pulling up right now. (laughs) Straight out of 1947. It truly is. So they have a hospitality course. That's the one that I'm sitting here thinking like, when your guests enter, smile. Make sure that your heels Mm -hmm. are Mm -hmm. on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Exactly. Make sure your apron is not crinkled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Music and arts, they do have although I'm sure it's very like learning how to play hymns on the piano and um, how to watercolor. You should be well-versed Actually, in appropriate literature. I do think in the arts one I saw um, that, let me see, um, classes include basic and advanced penmanship, brushed lettering, calligraphy, and watercolor. Three of those are the same thing. <laughs> Penmanship, brush lettering, and calligraphy are, I mean, they're not the same thing, but they're the same but they're thing. they're the same thing. And then watercolor. Make sure that you're able to keep up, keep up your correspondence. 
you need to be a well-rounded, entertaining person for when your husband's friends come over and want to talk to you. This is just the best curriculum I've ever seen. <laughs> um, personal care and time management, which, frankly, I could probably use those classes, but, you know. Um, well, the time management is going to be like how to make sure that you're able to clean the house and get dinner on the table by five. It's um, goal setting, rhythms for work and rest, personal routines, scheduling, and handling social media. Handling social media as in... <laughs> Get off Don't it. Don't use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, home management. Another one that I could probably use. Decluttering, organization systems, cleaning protocols, and basic interior design. Honestly, Here, sign me up. <laughs> no, but seriously, here's my question, though. What, what 20-something person, let's, let's not even say that, what 17-year-old mm -hmm. of any gender identity would not benefit from that stuff. Yeah. From the good parts of that stuff. Right. From, like, how to manage your household in terms of, like, how to keep up with your bills, mm -hmm. how to make sure you're budgeting appropriately, how to, like, set a schedule of, like, maintaining your space, how to, you know, like, that yeah. kind of stuff. Men can benefit from this crap, too. Um, penmanship? I know some men with some atrocious gross, handwriting. Gross handwriting, I also yes. know some women with some atrocious handwriting. That is true. But... Like, pen, like, we can all be enriched by the arts. We can mm -hmm. all learn how to manage our household. We can all learn how to boil um, an egg and <laughs> make a grilled cheese yeah. and run a washing machine. Yeah. The one thing that I'm so appreciative of in my marriage about is that um, Marcus always had this attitude of, like, if it needs to get done and I see it, I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. And... Like, he washes dishes, he uh, does the laundry, he um, uh, will vacuum and sweep, he won't dust, I, I dust, he won't dust. <laughs> um, okay. But it's not something he generally thinks about, I think about it more. Um, but I also do those things. Mm -hmm. um, and we both take care of the dog and take care of the kids, yeah. and like, it's just, it's, any man can be enriched by some of those principles just as much as a woman. And I, and it comes back to some of the things that we've said before is that like, this is not just putting women in a box. It's putting men in a box too. Th that binary. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just like any discussion of gender binaries is that like, when you put those, that binary on the field, you are limiting um, literally everything <laughs> that you can be, that you can do, that you can think that mm -hmm. you can feel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we're so aware of that issue these days is because we're just fed up being put in a in a binary box. Right. You know? It's a trap. It's all a trap. The roles for and everyone. all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like all of these courses, I think I wish more basic uh, like life things were taught in schools, honestly. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't understand taxes as a 30 year old. And that's not good. <laughs> I mean, thank goodness for online tax tools, because otherwise, yeah. like, if something happened, Mark does our taxes, yeah. because I don't understand it. Um, but, like, if something happened to him and I had to do our taxes... TurboTax. If, if we didn't have TurboTax, I... Uh, Not sponsored, but... <laughs> I would be audited in a second. Yeah, and um, it's also that they... Like, this is for women 16 and older um the rest of these home management academics which teaches basic grammar essay construction public speaking and letter writing culinary arts nutrition 
disciple-making women's ministry. Um, and, like, that's all great, but the the under undertone of all of this is that this is all women need to be educated in because we're not going to go to college. We don't need to know... We don't need to know math or, you know, we don't need to know more than we need to know because we need to stay in our place, which is the house. And so we just need to be good homemakers. And because there's never historically been a woman who has ever gone into a scientific field that has ever made any difference in the world. No, we only. No, I can only I can only think of like 50 on one. hand. I know we only (laughs) discovered DNA and elements, radium and uh we we wouldn't have gotten to the moon without without the women of black women yes like I just mm-hmm. it's just so limiting and 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 to me it's not just limiting of like what people can do because then that you could come back and say well women shouldn't do those things they can but they shouldn't well why 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 are you limiting God in that way that's the thing that always kills me is that yes. why are you saying God can't use a woman exactly. For anyone wondering, that was me banging my cup like a gavel, <laughs> saying, yes, I agree. <laughs> why can't, why, like, why, what? If we believe that, that God is all-powerful, can do anything however he wants, and then we say, but he won't do that. I like, mean. Get your meatloaf out of here. Like, <laughs> he will He will do anything. <laughs> there is no, I won't do that. Uh, I Yeah, and I think, and I. That's th- a lie. Yeah. There are a couple, I won't do that. <laughs> I, that's true, but <laughs> I shouldn't say it. That yeah, way. <laughs> not everything's on the table, but um, yeah, I think it all just comes back down to this: uh, the people in power want to stay in power, and they will mm-hmm. use God to keep themselves in power. And it's same just old story, insidious. Yep, same old story. Yep. Um, on that happy note. <laughs> We should take a break. I'm going to uh, yeah. fix my books that just fell down from me banging my desk. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and when we come back, we will talk about ATI and um, the lovely, lovely curriculum that goes with it. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back. Hello. To the virtual couch. We didn't say that we're on the virtual couch this time, oh, we but didn't. we are. Yeah. Yeah. We are back on the virtual couch, which is fine. Um, and now we are going to dive into ATI, the Advanced Training Institute, which is the IBLP's homeschooling curriculum. Um, and even the, uh, like, yes, it's a homeschooling curriculum, but I feel like it, it, reaches much bigger than that yeah. um it's more of a just extension of the iblp and it, adults also follow things with it it's confusing to me but anyway um i'm gonna start just <laughs> here with um we talked about heather heath on tiktok earlier about how her video um kind of got me interested in ati and it was a video of her at her parents' house going through. They still had all the ATI training videos yeah. that, on VHS in her parents' house. And so she went through and was, like, showing them all. And I picked out just a handful of my favorites, uh, the titles. 
Um, there was winning children's trust by understanding their needs. Okay. Which, win- I don't know. Winning children's trust, like, they should trust you. You're their parent. I'm not sure well, why. Like, I get well, it. Well, but let, let, me, let me bring <laughs> some parenting perspective. <laughs> Go um, for it. Go for it. My kid doesn't inherently trust me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's not just because he prefers his dad, which he does. Um, it's, <laughs> I, I think there is... There is an element, especially at the stage, at the toddler stage, where like he doesn't under he doesn't understand how to communicate what he needs, yeah. and so he can't like he he needs to be able to trust me to figure it out, and sometimes he mm-hmm. doesn't, and so like when mm-hmm. you're focused on now, I don't, I because of what I know about these videos from TikTok, I don't think that this is really the vibe they're going for, yeah, um, that being able to understand their needs and look for the need before they're look before you look for discipline or punishment or something like that is a big thing like being able to say something's going on here because your needs are not being met versus you're just being a butthead like (laughs) (laughs) i mean and sometimes um you do sometimes you do have to just be like you're being a butthead what's going on but um, yeah but yeah like so i mean that that particular title doesn't bring all the red flags to me. Okay, okay. Um, none of these are super red flaggy. Um, the next one was how appeals should be used in marriage. Oh, that was on that talked page. About. That, yep, yeah. Um, the seven deadly marriage deceptions, parts one and two. Oh There's two parts. <laughs> I'm assuming one through four in the first part and then five through seven in the second one. I'm not really I'm sure. I'm also assuming that women are probably at fault in most of those. I mean, probably. Or husbands failing to control their wives, you know. Yeah. Um, breaking the strongholds of lust. <laughs> and this one, like, I understand that it's scripture. It's just such a wordy title for a VHS. Uh, but it was, <laughs> greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That's, <laughs> That's the name of this training video. Lot. It's just, it's a mouthful. So if, um, let me see what other, I favorited a couple of her TikToks and, uh, if you want to know more, definitely again, go look at her videos. She had, um, she had several, she actually found a men's ATI manual that her dad had. And so, uh, she reads pages of that and, Her story is really interesting, too. Yeah. I'm going to just read briefly this real quick. I actually haven't read this, so this is going to be me popcorn reading here. Blind reading. Um, But this is uh, one screenshot that she had of the men's manual that is under the subject of realize why it is difficult for men to be kind and loving husbands and fathers. What? When Adam sinned... (laughs) The loving leadership of the husband and the willing submission of the wife were corrupted. Since that time, it has been natural for a man to cherish secret desires for unquestioned power and authority, rather than for a loving giving of himself to those whom he is leading. Satan uses this secret motivation as his basis to plant destructive, harsh, and prideful suggestions in the mind of a man. Um, I can't read the rest of it because it's cut off, but... Secret motivation... 
It was making me want to get it's stuff like back that. into making a biblical womanhood, too, because that one of the very first things that she covers in the book is, like, we're understanding the fall incorrectly. That, like, yeah, the idea is not that it was intent this hierarchy was intended from the start it's that the hierarchy is a consequence of the fall that like it was there was never mm-hmm. meant to be a hierarchy of man over woman right it's god mm-hmm. saying now because of this you're going to you're going to be under him first you're going to seek his needs first before yeah. me um so it was yeah. never intended that way and so i hate it. It, that was such an eye-opening thing to me that now I, I whenever I see it, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. ah not ah. that I took everything <laughs> that I've read so far in this book at face value. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, it's very compelling <laughs> the way that she lays it out. Yes, it is. Um, and I think my, my second favorite TikTok of hers um in a very different direction is just called lies. The cult told me there's only two examples. The first of which is <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> the first of which is that throat cancer would be eradicated. If everyone would stop giving blowjobs. Um, I wish you could all see Jordan's face right now. I- I'm going to be honest, I really don't know how to react to that. (laughs) I think I just went through interesting. I went through like several stages of processing there in two seconds. Yeah. Here's my question, though. I do have I do have a logistical question. Are they saying that the act of giving oral sex causes you to have throat cancer because of things that happen that we don't need to talk about on this podcast because, or is it just that like God is punishing the world with throat cancer because people are out here giving blowjobs? Like I'm confused <laughs> I need to know which one it is. It's probably both. Me too. Cause my grandfather had throat <laughs> cancer <laughs> and I don't know what he was up to when he was in the military, oh but I'm just saying <laughs> anyway, <laughs> That's a that's a crazy bit to start this section off on. I know it's going to get more normal, quote unquote normal, here in just a moment. Um, sorry, I just needed to. I needed to. I don't. I needed someone else. I can't. I needed someone else to hold that knowledge in their mind, other than just me. I love. I needed let me you just say, to about know. our friendship. One of my favorite <laughs> things in our friendship is the is the concept that is frequently. Um, called upon in our in our relationship that is um i know this and now you have to Mm -hmm. i've seen this and now you have to i had to see this with my own two eyes and now so do you yeah (laughs) i appreciate that about our friendship um so back to the more normal parts essentially what i could gather of the ati system of teaching is basically two big things that i found one, which is, uh, they're called wisdom booklets. There are a lot of them. And essentially, it's, that's, the, that's the curriculum, is that you spend, uh, I think one person said like a month on each wisdom booklet, and then you like move through them. And if you get to the end of them and you haven't graduated, you just start back mm-hmm. over with the first one. <laughs> so I don't know. But Interesting. it's... Um, 
this is the what I was talking about where it's like all the subjects from a biblical worldview. So um, you can also get the entire first wisdom booklet online for free on their website. They're not very good at making money, I don't think. Because um, they have a lot of stuff for free. But you can download a sample or just use their nifty issue uh, situation. <laughs> well, I'm just going to take you through a few of the lessons. So this is from wisdom book number one. The major concept of this book is that God sees differently than we do. Uh, the verse, and seeing the multitudes, he went up to a mountain. That's the verse, Matthew 5. Yeah. 1. Um, the character focus, which we'll get into the character booklets after this, but character focus is alertness, being aware of that which is taking place around me so that I can have the right response to it. And then the theme song, there's always a theme hymn, oh which I appreciate. Open my eyes that I may see. Okay. So, great. Um, there's a wisdom quiz that happens. And I think it's just true or false which is very interesting. Um, and then we get down to the wisdom worksheet, which tells us exactly what we're going to learn about this week. So from this passage of scripture, we will be learning linguistics. We will be learning history, science, law, and health. Interesting. And you may be thinking to yourself, self, <laughs> how on earth... <laughs> How on earth are they going to teach all of those things just from the scripture of Jesus, I think, Sermon on the Mount, uh, and how he saw people? Okay. Okay. So. I, I'm having doubts. Yes. Um, <clears throat> there's one bit in the beginning, and I'm not really sure what this has to do with seeing, but insights through investigation, um, talking about different languages and why there are different languages and what are the 10 major language families. Basically, why did <laughs> this is the, the, what they're going for. Why did God choose Hebrew and Greek as the languages for writing the Bible? I'm going to say that again. Why did God choose Hebrew and Greek as the languages for writing the Bible. The Lord chose two primary languages in which to write his word. I don't know how many times I have to say this. God did not literally write the Bible. <laughs> They're in Hebrew and Greek because the people spoke Hebrew the people and that Greek. God inspired were spoke Hebrews. Spoke those languages. Also, um, false. Are there not, and maybe it's not false, maybe I've just been led astray. Is there not, are there not parts of the Bible that were originally in Aramaic? I thought that too. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should Google Hold that. On. I do appreciate though. <coughs> I do appreciate though that they, uh, in answering this question, say that the Hebrew language uses short, expressive sentences and vivid, picturesque words to describe people and events. It lends itself to bold metaphors and striking images. Since the Old Testament focuses heavily on biography and historical narratives, the Hebrew was an ideal language 
in which to tell the story of God's dealings with his people. They almost admitted, they almost admitted <laughs> to the metaphor. Oh. They almost did. They were, they were right there. They were right there. Um, just to mm. clarify on Aramaic, this is from truthonlybible.com. Um, mm. Aramaic, the Bible's third language. It says, Aramaic has been in some ways a forgotten language in biblical studies, except at a very high academic level. The New Testament is written in Greek. Nearly all the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, while the Greek translation of the Old Testament is significant to biblical, stu biblical studies. Yet, 268 verses of the Bible were written in a language called Aramaic. Uh, some in Ezra, some in Daniel, some in Jeremiah. So, take that, wisdom booklet number one. Uh, also, uh, Aramaic is also important for New Testament studies, as several direct quotes from Jesus and, the others, and others are preserved in the original Aramaic that was spoken by Palestinian Jews of the Second Temple period. New Testament nice. verses. Okay. Oh, it's just giving a bunch of verses that are originally mm -hmm. in Aramaic. Anyway, yes. So, um, they talk about that, and then they move into the, the seeing business of uh, how we discover purpose in life by seeing people as Jesus sees them, which on the surface, I'm fine. Yes, we should all see other people as God and as Jesus sees them as divine, beautiful, holy creations that should be uh, respected and cherished. And sometimes left alone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, they have a little vocabulary lesson of different ways to observe people. Um, and then it gets down to um, history. They do a little history lesson about... Actually, we're not even going to really talk about this. They do a little geography lesson about where Jesus would have been at this point in time. I really want to get to science and math. Oh, there's so many pages. Okay, science. <laughs> How does God relate to spiritual vision? No, I'm so sorry. How does God relate spiritual vision to physical vision? They have a whole section about the eye and how the eye works, which is cool, about like the lens, the cornea, the retina, etc., etc. How does the eye actually see? It doesn't really. It's just light that bounces off mirrors in the back of your eye and then projects a picture. It's cool. Then it gets to... How does the eye irregularities give us insight about our spiritual vision? So, sometimes people have uh, myopia, which is also when you're nearsighted. Mm -hmm. It's called myopia. Mm -hmm. The spiritual version uh, of myopia, oh my me vision. Sometimes you can be so focused on yourself that you forget that you should be focusing on God and others. Okay. So, these booklets... They're just, it's just literally one giant Jesus juke. It truly is. It's, it's a, it's 48 pages of Jesus, juke. of Jesus juking. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. They talk about, uh, people who are, uh, farsighted people who have, um, they call straying vision when one person's eye is not looking straight <laughs> at things. Um, that's so offensive. <laughs> I know. Irregular vision, loss of accommodating vision, cataracts, <laughs> clouded vision. So that's how they talk about science. Math, equally good. My dog has clouded Why? vision. <laughs> <laughs> My dog has clouded vision. 
mine probably does too, honestly. Um, math. Why, why must we learn mathematics? Why? Why do we need to? Well, because uh, we need to discover the nature of God. God is precise, he is accurate, he is absolute, and he is predictable according to his unchanging laws. The more we explore the world of mathematics, the more we will understand and appreciate the true character of God. Okay. Number two, to develop godly character. In the process of learning math, we will build into our minds at least 25 vital character qualities. There's a billion character the qualities I, that they talk about. I really about. take issue with people saying that God is predictable. Yeah. It's the same as when people say the Bible is clear about something. <laughs> I'm immediately tuning yeah. it out. Um. <clears throat> God is a God of order. Uh, number three, we need to learn math to be productive in our work. You know, God's will for Christians is that we bring forth much fruit by abiding in him. Maximum fruitfulness requires dedicating ourselves and our resources for God's use. It means learning to be good stewards and making the most of our resources. The five loaves and two oh. fish that were in the boy's hands became many times more an abundance in the hands of Jesus. After all, we're satisfied. The disciples... I'm sorry, I'm reading this completely also far away. My myopic vision <laughs> is failing me here. <laughs> here's, um, here's the thing. Yeah. Why can't we just learn math? That's the thing. I... What? Like, why? I know. I, I don't need... I need to know math because being a human being in society requires me to know some level of math and the process of learning math teaches you how to learn other things. So, um, sorry. Um, oh, yeah. I am nearsighted, so, not farsighted. You said you were myopia and I was like, aren't you farsighted? Cause I got them flip flopped in my head. Oh, I was saying my, my myopic vision. Did I say yours? I meant mine. No, you were talking about yours, but I thought you oh, and yeah. I had the similar eye issue. Oh. And I think we... Am I nearsighted or farsighted? Can you see up close don't... or far away? Is it harder to see objects far away? Let's investigate. When does it get blurry? When it gets far away from you? Let's or when see. It's... How Hang do you on, not know that? No, I'm sorry. It's clearer far away. So I'm far really, away. yeah. Gonna be My, honest, I've, I, I, I never really. I don't think I've ever known about someone being farsighted. It's like my eye won't focus on things once they get a certain closeness. Closeness. Yeah. No, but like um, that's wild to me. Anyway, because it makes way more sense. To me, just because of how I live my life, that if it's mm -hmm. up close, you can see it really clear. And if it's far away, I don't know what that is. I but, mean, I get that. Yeah. I would think the closer you put it to your face, the more your eyes can see it. Yeah. One would think. One would think. <laughs> One Again, would God predictable? God eh, makes people with different eyes? I don't know. Um, but yes, yeah, so in, in summation, why, why we must learn mathematics from the Bible to establish the authority of mathematics, two plus two does not equal four just because man says it does. God oh is gosh, the one who from no. the beginning established absolutes, which, fun fact, no, 
man invented the base 10 system and in fact has not always used a base 10 system there base were 12. definitely cultures that used a base 12 yep. that's why 11 and 12 are different words and they're not teens and that's why oh there's a there's a counting system on your fingers that's base 12 that the babylonians used to use mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it's the babylonians mm-hmm. so no so yeah. no. also do you ever wonder um, no. like how some cults would like react when they found out that um numbers were invented in the middle east like (laughs) i mean probably the same way that they don't like to talk about jesus being from the middle east fair you know um yeah so the rest of this booklet law how does god see law differently than man sees law well so what i'm what i'm getting from Mm -hmm. the booklets is basically that like as as um as an organization Mm-hmm. And as a community, the the curriculum operates, I mean, exactly how you would expect cult curriculum, curriculum to operate, which is anything and everything that you could throw at us, we are going to be able to have an apologetics for it that relates back to mm-hmm. our vision of the Bible and our vision of Christianity. And so... There's, they have an answer for everything, and every yeah. everything needs to relate back to that perspective, or else somebody might have a question. And right, and are don't you don't need to know algebra because all you need to know is the Bible. Yeah, because if you know too much, then you're going to start asking questions, and you can't be asking questions if you only view everything from a not even from a biblical lens, from the IBLP's interpretation mm-hmm. of the Bible. Yeah. And that's the thing. And besides that, that they, you're a woman. What do you need algebra for? Exactly. You don't need algebra. <laughs> you just need to know that, like many times, when sometimes people have a lazy eye, that's your spirituality sometimes, too. Um, the second part of this is the character of <laughs> the character curriculum. Is what it's called. Now, there are a bunch of these. We do not have time to go through all of them because I'm pretty sure there are. Let me look how many things there are. I mean, there's got to be 40 to 50 of these character things. And again, none of them are bad. They're all things like attentiveness, boldness, compassion, creativity, decisiveness, determination, like things you would want to teach a kid. That's great. Kids do need to learn how to have good character. That's fine. But from a twisted perspective. Um, But it's the same thing as the wisdom booklets is from this perspective. Here's where we're going to do a video real quick. (laughs) I saw this video. I, on like going through other um, information about ATI, someone had a clip of this. I thought it was satire. Oh, no. I fully was like, this is a joke. Oh, no. It is not, in fact, a joke. So. Good character. It's something we all want for our families, right? However, when we are weighed down with the responsibilities of caring for a family, it's easy for us just to want good character to happen. Hey, give me back my truck. Ow, stop pinching me. Kids, can't you just love each other? But good character doesn't just happen. You see, the character that God wants us to have is actually a reflection of the nature of Christ. Good character is not to be viewed like a cap that you twist on the bottle of bad behavior. 
good character is Christ in us, replacing our nature. We are instructed to teach children to do what is right. But according to 2 Corinthians 3.18, our focus is on our relationship with God. And then good character happens. Hello, my name is Esther, and I'm excited to share with you about IBLP's Biblical Character Illustrated curriculum. These resources were developed to aid you as you teach the character of Christ in your home. So, what does this curriculum include, and how does it work? First, there's the Biblical Illustrated Calendar. This calendar features a different character quality each month, such as responsibility, flexibility, and joyfulness. Along with the character quality and definition, the calendar is designed with a summary statement on each day to provide biblical examples of that quality. How are these supposed to be used? Allow me to illustrate. If the character quality we are looking at is responsibility, we would first quote the definition. Second, we would read the God enables me to statement. And last of all, look at the biblical summary statement that corresponds with that day. This only takes a few minutes, but it has lasting impact as you refer back to it during teachable moments throughout the day. For example, you can say, Remember we're learning about responsibility and say how we're applying it now as we put our toys away, wash the dishes, shovel snow, or fold our clothes. We pray that these online resources will be a blessing to you and your family as you seek the Lord and draw closer to Him each day. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at biblicalcharacter@iblp.org. You, I was watching you, you had the exact same reaction that I did the first time when she says, Hi, my name is Esther. I literally out loud went, of course it is. Of course it is. Of course your name's Esther. I, I literally, I did think it was parody. I I was like, there's no way this is real. It's, her voice is so. No, have you ever heard Michelle Duggar though? Yes, I have. Is there something in in the water? Like, is there something that makes them talk like be. that? Because, like, that's exactly that is ex- maybe it's like a like a mirroring kind of thing where it's like I want to emulate maybe. this person, so I'm going to sound like this person. But like that tone, that's this very high pitched teacher voice. Mm-hmm. Ah, it was triggering. But yeah, <laughs> yes. Oh um, my gosh. I also heard you say. Um, when they talked about the definition. <laughs> it's not the definition. That's not it. But all of them, you can also look at these character booklets for free online. And so, like, let's say, let's look at the responsibility one. Um, the operational definition of responsibility is knowing and doing what both God and others are expecting from me See, they say operational definition they have to <laughs> mm-hmm. because that's not the actual because definition. It's not. they're all couched in it, their own definition yeah. of you don't have an exclusive <clears throat> monopoly on uh th- language right uh, I'm, right I'm, hate to tell you hate to hate to inform <sighs> me um but it's very interesting all of these and i don't think this is actually connected to the iblp anymore but um 
there was another resource that takes all of these character uh, lessons and they do um, a song for them and like a story about an animal and how the animal, you know, for responsibility, I think it was that there's a giraffe that always stays with the baby giraffes when the rest of the giraffes go off to eat. They're being responsible. Um, or maybe that was the service one. I don't remember. There was one that uh, was talking about, in the song, it was like teaching kids to... Uh, oh, it was availability. That was it. Availability. To be available to help with chores, which is great. But it was very like, I will... It literally said, I will bend over backwards to help other people. I'm like... Like, that's not healthy. I mean, I, too, bend over backwards to help other people, and I'm in therapy to stop <laughs> doing that, because it comes at the cost of my own health. I, it's, 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 I mean, like, the qualities we want to teach our kids, yes, yes. We want to teach them responsibility mm -hmm. and yeah. kindness yep. and all that stuff. But, like, it just further, like, lends itself to the cult mentality, because all of this is, like, we're doing this in the home, we're containing it here, we're not going to mm -hmm. expose them to other people, we're not going to expose them to other ideas, we are not going to let them think for themselves in any way, mm -hmm. shape, or form. So, I, I yeah. Ellie. Yeah. Please stop. Yes. And I think, exactly. I think, too, like, hearkening back to, um, oh, I've forgotten her name. The TikTok. Um, oh. Heather? Yeah. Harkening back to Heather's TikToks, like, the the limitation um, in terms of knowledge and information, like, seriously affected her as an adult. Like, and yeah. her ability yeah. to function in society. Like, mm -hmm. there were several of her TikToks where she, like, learned something that we see as, like, a basic understanding of fact and that mm -hmm. the world just kind of understands and she she had to be like no 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 wait wait and her husband had to be <laughs> wait like a minute. um no that's that's real that's yeah. a thing and yeah. i mean like that's debilitating i mean you're you're seriously is, limiting people's ability to to function yeah and the the thing about ati is it sets you up from the beginning from when you are a kid it puts these structures around you it indoctrinates you into this way of thinking and not asking questions and obedience which we're going to get to because this is we've all been kind of like we've been laughing ha, ha funny this curriculum is whatever this is the part that actually makes me so angry because this is where it gets into teaching kids to obey no matter what at from the time that they are literal infants, and I don't remember if I've told you about this you before. Did. We talked about blanket you training. Did. So ATI encourages this thing that's called blanket training. I'm sure they're not the only ones. I think they didn't Heather invent. did a TikTok on this too. She yeah. did. She did. And uh, there's another. It's um, I guess like the more general term for this. I'm quote unquote training is first-time obedience. Yeah, the more which, general term um, is abuse. I mean, the correct term <laughs> is physical abuse. Um, but there were some other people that, like, talked about first-time obedience training and da, da 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 for kids. Basically, if you haven't heard of blanket training, the concept is you take a child, let's say a toddler, who is naturally curious and doesn't 
understand words completely yet. You put them on a blanket and you say, do not get off the blanket. And then when they inevitably do get off the blanket, you hit whatever body part came off the blanket and you put them back on it. And not a gentle hit, not a tap, like a hit, like until they cry. If, let's say you have a child that, I don't know, isn't really able to move yet, like a baby, you can still do it. Don't worry. You're not limited by the baby's lack of movement. You just move their limbs off the blanket for them. And then they figure out that they need to listen the first time. First time obedience. The example that um, there's an article about it, Homeschoolers Anonymous, Blanket training is about adults, not children, is the name of the thing. And I really didn't read enough to know if this is pro-blanket training or not. It, it almost sounds like it is. But um, the uh, so the first-time obedience training popularized by the Ezos, E-Z-Z-O-S, as well as Michael and Debbie Pearl. Um, so the Pearls did the same technique, basically, um, and I think this is probably from a while ago because it talks about switches, oh, gosh, which is like a yeah. our parents' generation yeah. thing. Um, but so the pearls use the same technique, but instead of a blanket, they use an object that the infant or toddler will find attractive. So this is how they wrote it. Um, place an appealing object where they can reach it. When they spy it and make a dive for it, in a calm voice say, no, don't touch that. Since they are already familiar with the word no, they will likely pause, look at you in wonder, and turn around and grab it. Switch their hand once and simultaneously say no. So there's a bunch of different versions of this. But it's teaching your kids that you have the ultimate authority and you need to listen to authority. And if you don't do it right the first time, you're going to get hit, you're going to be hurt, etc., 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 from literal infancy just just riding their ticket to the to the trauma train from day one exactly and like i can't even imagine i don't have kids but even just thinking about your kids i mean it's 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 really i'm having a tough time thinking about it right now i know i know like the thought of me ever even touching your either of your sons in a way that made them cry makes me want to die and call the police for on myself. sure like and that's coming from a mom who gets frustrated and who you know yeah. i have a toddler who look me in the face as i'm telling him not to do something and he goes and does it and yeah. i i understand how how frustrating that is that's unhealthy not only for the child it's not only abuse but it also is unhealthy for the parent because it's teaching the parent that physical punishment and physical just reprimand is appropriate in any situation mm-hmm. and that it's absolutely not. I mean, it, studies have shown that um, hitting your kids doesn't matter how is detrimental to their, to their growth and to their confidence and to their, just everything. Right. 
Um, I scrolled down to the end of this article to see what the final point is. It is an anti-blanket training article, everyone. So we can all take a sigh of relief. But um, it ends by saying, at its core, blanket training is not for children. It's for parents who desire their children's spirits broken and their voices silenced. It is for parents who have contempt for the essence of what childhood is. Noisy, raucous, and a handful. It's for parents who want to quiet the children crying out in the temple. Which I think, and this can maybe sum us up here, cults, I think, operate a lot like conspiracy theories Mm -hmm. in the fact that they are, for whatever reason, to people who subscribe to them, easier than the alternative, right? So, it might feel really easy to be in a group where you know who's an authority over you, you know what's expected of you. You teach your kids what's expected of them. You don't have to deal with them looking you in the face and telling you no and being upset about it and trying to work a way around it. You just hit them until they figure out not to do it. And then it's much easier. Then they help you carry in the groceries when they're five immediately when you tell them to. Because uh, availability, they learned they're supposed to bend over backwards to help people, including you. And they learned that even if, I don't know, Bill Gothard uh, decides to behave inappropriately towards them, Loyalty is also a character trait, a biblical character trait. And you need to be loyal to your group of people and you don't disrespect authority. And so so you're stuck. It's control. It's all control. That's all it is. And for people in power, that's great. That's easy. Fantastic. And even sometimes I think for people not in power, I think there are probably women who would embrace this kind of thing because you don't have to make decisions. Nothing's your fault. You know what I mean? You can just blame everything on your husband. Be like, I don't know. He's the one that pays the bills and now we're broke. So that's on him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think there's, there's probably a lot of women who, who embrace it for other reasons that are, it's more, it's safer. Like not, not so much like, um, that they kind of get, you know, like a, you know, like they get off scot-free, but it's more like there's safety in just putting my head down kind of thing which is a horrible existence to have to to have to endure but it's it's routine you know again you know it's it's all you've known it's all you've known you grew up in it and i don't know i've i've just never really because like the iplb no iblp is i would say the the cult aspect of this whole thing ati is just like getting them young it's It's the introduction yeah it's the means to growing this cult and if you tell people that if they don't follow these seven basic life principles bad things are going to happen to them there's going to be bad consequences god will not reward you he will punish you that's scary Mm -hmm. and so of course you're going to want your kids to if you believe that you're going to absolutely make sure that your kids learn this lesson and follow whatever Bill Gothard says to make sure that nothing bad happens to your family. It just sucks. It just, it does. It just sucks. Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking about like how isolating that is too, just in terms of like, um, you know, somebody who's looking at people around them that are not following those, 
those basic life principles. And if you're grown up from with this from day one, the entitlement that you are trained to have thinking, I've got it right. I know everything. Mm -hmm. I, you know, this is all I need. It's right here. And all of this other stuff is just, it's wrong. Yeah. And so much of the like, um, character books that I looked at and even some of the, like the wisdom books, um, they relate a lot of things to like, how can you deal with your friends who are not a part of our group, you know, who aren't displaying availability or how can you talk to your friends about how, you know, how they should be acting and how Jesus wants them to act. How can you as a five-year-old approach, which I don't know where they're approaching these other kids at they're homeschooled, (laughs) but okay. Um, you know, it's just it's just weird. It's, there was also it, one. It feels like grooming video. It's gr- yeah, it's grooming. There was one video where they in the lesson of loyalty. I wish I could remember what this was from, but they literally said like a part of the loyalty curriculum was, "Would you be willing to lay down your life for your brother or friend?" And I'm like, please don't ask a child if the, that's the same as like the Columbine. Oh, Are you gosh. willing to die for Jesus <sighs> situation? Like, don't, that was it's our, not appropriate. That was it's not appropriate for kids. I know. Um, that's really all I have on ATI. Yeah, it's just, I think it, it goes back through so many threaded uh, conversations we've had from the beginning that, mm-hmm. um, you know, sequestering yourself off from opposing viewpoints from slightly different viewpoints from Mm -hmm. viewpoints that are kind of on the same page, but just have a question like it's, it it is going to come back to bite you um, Mm -hmm. in ways that you may not understand. Um, And it's, it's really, it's heartbreaking. It is. And it hurts. It hurts so many people. Yeah. Um, and I hope in talking about this, I hope all of that made linear sense. I hope I did an okay job covering it. So. Again, I felt like there was so much information. I mean, we could have a whole other... There's so much more to it, yeah. There's so much more to it. I wanted to focus more on, like, the educational aspect yeah. of it. But, again, there's so much about the Duggars. There's so much about Bill Gothard and his alleged sexual stuff about how he took advantage of young women and like tried to recruit young women into these different programs um, that were like his type. Also, Bill Gothard was never married. He uh, embraced his gift of singleness (laughs) and said that like God gave him this gift of singleness so that he could, you know, give love to more people. And then he would like give marriage seminars I'm like, what do you know about marriage? You don't know anything. You're not married. I mean, we could say that. What are you about talking about? I mean, there's a lot of things, uh, but you know, pastors and and people in in yeah. I think I think that's a common thread across a lot of different denominations and groups in Christianity is men giving mm-hmm. unsolicited advice about things <laughs> that they don't understand. Yeah, and in fairness, like in therapy, they talk about like if I was a therapist, how could I? Hi, Eleanor. How could I, as a therapist, give someone advice on, like, their kids? Because right. I don't have kids. But I have been a kid. So you just have to come from it from yeah. there. Yeah. But I feel like as a therapist, like, you can't really choose what you talk to your clients yeah. about. They just come in with their problems. You don't have to, like, pastor. organize a marriage seminar. 
Right, exactly. You don't have to found a whole organization based on telling people how to live their lives and then talk about stuff you don't yeah. know. That's all. That's all. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to end this. So, our general uh, assessment, is it a cult? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> if we look at, uh, let's see. bite model um behavior control yes information control yes um thought control yes because god knows what you're thinking you got to make all your thoughts pure too and emotional control yes you need to be joyous you need to be happy you need to be grateful you have to put on that that positive countenance woman Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean i would say honestly both aspects of it it fall under that so yes Ugh. i would say it it is a cult Ugh. Ugh. unfortunately yeah so uh the moral of the story is guys um if you ever join a church or a group or a weight loss program <laughs> or a yoga studio or a camp and they don't let you ask questions and they tell you how to feel and how to think and it can be slow it can be insidious but you're in a cult. If that happens, you got to run. Yeah. You got to run. You're, you're in a cult. Call your dad <laughs> to come pick you up <laughs> and w- run. Don't walk to the nearest exit immediately. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for this robust uh, <laughs> uh, investigation. You're so welcome. I, you know, I feel like I still have so much swimming around in my head, but. There's a lot That's to cover. That's what it was. Yeah. There's so much. But uh, I'm glad it. I'm glad you enjoyed. And uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, we would super appreciate if you would rate us on Apple Podcasts. I don't know why I'm making faces. Leave- no one can see me. <laughs> Give it a thumbs up. Uh, if you would leave us a review, that would be lovely. Would be super sweet. We, we may or may not be doing a giveaway with some things that we made and it may or may not have to do with that i'm not really sure we haven't discussed it may or may not be stickers how to yeah and we haven't discussed how to enter the giveaway but we will let you, you know, know we're gonna when look that into happens. it we're gonna figure it out we're gonna we're gonna brainstorm we're gonna put our heads together yes we're gonna hustle we're gonna keep an eye out we're gonna work smarter not not harder not harder <laughs> <laughs> and uh we hope that you will stay tuned and stay communed bye later This episode of Couch Communion was produced by us. We don't have a team for this. Music by Grace Mason. 
cover art by the wonderful Sarah Mullins at Dr. Frank and Sarah on Instagram and Twitter. If you like what you heard, check us out on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else podcasts are found. New episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening.